country space missy lord <laughs> but i have to say that i believe that the only person that is a witness here that is not biased unlike you beverly pineapple and myself is this here podcast and therefore i call to the stand red shots itself to bear witness and testimony to the proceedings from here on out forth to incredible Incredible. I cannot believe, I cannot believe this episode exists conjured forth. It feels mm-hmm. like, did this, I, this episode is intersecting with the Sorkin streak, but I feel like, did this like come from proto baby Sorkin himself? Like what, what wild courtroom proceedings, what twists and turns in the trial itself? I, 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 I'm going to do my best right now. I'm going to, I cannot spoil anything. I want you listeners to go along the journey as the evidence plays out. I can't get ahead of anything. I loved this. I loved yes. it so much. I loved this episode. Oh my God. Top shelf episode. Oh, Emily, Emily, Emily. It's a courtroom procedural in space. Space court. We get a space lawyer who takes all the impossible cases, the ones that can't be won. And what does he do? He wins them. He oh, sure does and something. He goes and he just cannot handle the fact that he thinks maybe, maybe there's a case in this indisputable case. I, oh my God. Oh my God. Emily. Okay. I'll talk too much. I'll talk too much. What were your thoughts or are your thoughts on this episode? Well, it's interesting. So, like, <clears throat> when I think back to watching this episode, first off, when I just think of this episode, when I thought of this episode before this rewatch, I was like, oh, yeah, I like that episode. Like, I remember, like, just I like that episode. When I mm-hmm. think back to actually watching it, I remember making fun of it a lot as a small kid. Like, this is one of those episodes oh, where yeah. a child can be like, Ha ha! Behold! They did something wrong. Because, you know, sometimes they do. Uh, Especially when you have a script that's passed through five different people. Oh, we have a story behind the story, as always, which I think sometimes can supersede the story (laughs) written itself. But I don't know if the drama behind the scenes can match the drama I saw play out. Um, and it's 
absolutely wild. Uh, did you by chance catch who wrote this or any of any of the credits on that whole screen? Because there were many of like story by like, did you catch any of those names? I did not. And sometimes what I will do is I'll do the research in between episodes. You know, we have a little bit of, of bumper time. What I did is as soon as this episode was done, I messaged yeah. Emily and I said, we need to record now. I need to get to a microphone as soon as possible because I am high off of this episode. It is incredible. So no, please divulge. Who mm -hmm. is it? Someone I should know who wrote this. Well, you may have noticed a certain Dom, uh, Don M. Mankiewicz. <gasps> that Mankiewicz related to that Mankiewicz Mank? Related are we making it out? Mank. Are we making it out? Are we making it out? Ask Gene Roddenberry. Uh, Gene Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry. Did you make it out? Did you get did you make it, it out in there? And uh, oh, he did. Don and Mankiewicz, son of Herman Mankiewicz, of course, the famed Mank. Who wrote what? Uh, the one. Citizen Kane. With, Citizen yeah, Kane. Yeah, that one. The one with the guy. The guy who did the, the alien thing. And everyone was like, oh no, it's an alien. But that wasn't real. That is how oh, I found this person's name when I was trying to get it, extract it from Forrest earlier. And, and what was their name? Do you still remember? Citizen Kane. Oh, Orson Welles. No, Orson Welles was Orson the Welles. That's for. there it is. There yeah. it is. No, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. I was gonna say I remember I remember you trying to figure out Orson Welles. Yeah. Name, but now I wasn't sure if you had <laughs> still were trying to find it. So <laughs> like it's the guy yeah. who did the thing, and then it's like, oh no, but, mm -hmm. but it was a lie. Um <laughs> Yes, Dom Don M. Mankiewicz and Stephen Carbatsos. And John D.F. Black had a hand in this, and Gene L. Coon, and Gene Ronberry. So, this script was passed around. Um, but it started out, like, online, there's a lot of misinformation about this episode. I don't know why. Never. I don't know why, but they mention it in the fucking book that I, like, read. These are the voyages, uh, which has, you know, interviews from just about everyone. And it itself is, like, online, there's a bunch of bullshit about this episode. Online, it says that Gene L. Kuhn contracted Mank because he was like, hey, Mank Jr., we need a bottle episode. And things just sort of went from there. But actually, uh, old Mank, he was one of the people, one of the famous people on the Paramount set, uh, sorry, the Desilu set when they were showing off where no man has gone before. The same showing oh. where Gene got all those other sci-fi writers that yeah. would have had that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that is where he met Mank. That is where he's like, hey, Mank, let's do a bottle episode. And Mank was like, I know. I have won many awards for uh, courtroom procedurals. Let's yeah. do a court martial. Eh? He said, hey, how about I don't have to learn how to write anything new <laughs> and you tell me how to slap space on this and I will say, okay, good, go for it. And yeah. you know what? I don't give a shit because he did it great. He wrote a great courtroom procedural. I mean, he did. Whether or not we saw what he wrote, uh, well, we know well, oh, we know it isn't. Uh, <laughs> that's true. I say we're on writer one. I spoke too soon. Yes. So originally, and I will tell his whole story, like the story that's, as he outlined it at the end um 
oh so oh my gosh yeah. so this is going to reveal we have a surprise witness at the end that is going to clarify everything up but but we can't call them to the stand just not yet. yet not quite yet but yeah he basically like wrote this whole episode it had more sci-fi features um that ronberry and uh justman were like we can't fucking afford this like this is way too expensive oh oh uh -huh. again oh uh -huh. it comes down to budget and oh, then stripping away the, the yeah the fantastical the stripping away the fantastical elements and they're like so don like let's like work on this and don is like i'm sorry i'm having marital problems i can't oof. work on this oof, script anymore oof magoof and so it went to Stephen Carbazzos, who was basically told, here's an idea of a story. Court martial, computers, go. Like, he was handed Mink's script and been like, and was like, write a new story. And Stephen's like, I'll write half a new story. Like, this is okay. Like, I don't see what's wrong with this. Um, well, the title's called Court Martial, so I yeah. think I'll keep that part of it in. He actually was the one who decided for it to be Court Martial. It was originally Court Martial on Starbase 11. But uh, they're like, that's yeah, too long. Yeah, that part's unnecessary. That's too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is. It is too long. Um, and so he also did this weird thing. Uh, uh, Stulu is not in this episode, like not for any reason. But in the original script, uh, Mank, like, didn't realize his name was Sulu and called him Sumo. Oh, mo oh no. Which is also oh, no. racist. Like, so he was not paying the most attention, let's say. Um, yeah, that, that that takes a very specific sort of scanning error to yeah. think that was what it was. Um, so Stephen Carabazzo's works on it. He pumps something out. John Dia Flack works on it. He pumps something out. Janelle Coon's working on it. You know, they're they're getting down to the wire, and it's like a week out, and they're like, "Wait a minute, did anyone send this to NBC?" <gasps> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> like finally gets this script they forgot to file the procedural paperwork the evidence yeah. is going to be able to be used he writes back he's like please like i understand that there was like because you were just hired and you didn't know like who was sending what like but please impress upon your whole crew meaning you the dangers involved with not sending your shit to me also yeah. i have all these ideas that i'm not even going to say that can help the script because we're a week out and it's too late to implement any of them have fun okay bye bye, bye, -bye. uh yeah and so that's basically like it was it was a pretty troubled beginning and it probably wouldn't have ever even gotten filmed if they didn't also build out some of the set for use in the menagerie parts one and two. Oh, yeah. so that's why there was courtroom elements mm -hmm. in the first one that they were able to use for this one. Clever. Yes. yes. So they're like, well, we can double up. So let's just do it. So they did it. They did this episode. Um, and oh boy oh boy is this an episode you know what it is it really is again some of these ones where you feel like yeah there's just a bit of 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 space slept onto a genre mm -hmm. that already exists and you could take it that way and be like meh but i 
I just found this the setup and and the way it played out so good. So Emily, I'm ready. Take us along. Where does the scene of our crime begins? Where? Captain's log, star date, twenty nine forty seven point three. We have been through a severe ion storm. One crewman is dead. The ship's damage is considerable. I have ordered a non-scheduled layover on Starbase 11 for repairs. A full report of damages was made to Commanding Officer Starbase 11, Commodore Stone. And we open, well, if you're watching the, like, revamped version, you see a couple shots of the Enterprise. But we open in the Commodore's office. That's right. One of four sets that they built for this episode. Um, which A nice, a nice sensible office. Yes, a nice, sensible office. Um, and Commodore Stone is just basically like, we need to fix the Enterprise. And he has this big chart on the wall <clears throat> that's just like starships and then completion status. And it's a mm-hmm. bar graph, but like you don't know like what phase of the completion set. It's very interesting. It looks like you might fill it up with Sharpie the way that you would funding for like a classroom. When I was looking at it, I did think to myself, this does just look like one of those see-through, like, dry erase marker boards, yep. and that someone has just been jotting notes. And I and I was reading it and realized I should be paying attention to what they're, <laughs> they're, they're saying. This is this is nothing. It's just names of ships. They're not interesting. Exactly, they're yeah. numbers. Uh, so... But when, you're, when, when there's a court-martial, everything's evidence, and I'm looking for the clues. Exactly. Mr. Policeman, he gave us the clues. We have to look for them. Um, he said there would be weapons here on this planet. If only I could find them. So we open and Captain Kirk is reading. And apparently this is the third time his sworn deposition of the events that led to the death of the crewman, uh, uh, Finney, Benjamin, um, records officer. Uh, he's wearing his fancy V-neck shirt and it has this great like strap, like it, it wraps around at the waist and then you can like button yeah. it and the button part has the insignia on it. It's pretty damn gorgeous. It's a yeah. wonderful shade of green. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, uh, he looks good. Oh yeah. In it. Gold laurels, deep V, the whole nine yards. Can I get enough of a deep V man cleavage? Man Show me your man cleavage. cleavage. It looks just as good as the lady cleavage. Man cleavage. And he explains that uh, while he's waiting for Spock to arrive with the computer log, he's like, I waited for the last possible moment and then even more. Like, I waited Mm -hmm. as long as I could, but I had to eject the pod because the ion storm and it really sucks that my friend uh, Finney is dead. Finally, you know, Spock appears with the computer records, uh, which uh, Stone takes and then, but who walks in? But Xenon, girl from the 21st century. Oh my God. <laughs> this actress storms in, like, been getting herself pumped off, offset, ready to go. So she's like saying her lines beforehand, like, I'm going to get this ready. Comes in, ba 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 to Kirk, and then just like screams at yeah. him. And you learn that it's uh, Finney's daughter. Yes. And he's like, You killed him. You hated him. You didn't trust him. Yeah. And she's like a head shorter than Shatner. Mm-hmm. But I was afraid for him. I'm like, oh, she, he's a dead man. Yep. This this girl is going to kill him. 
She is in like this sheer long sleeve blouse that has a bow applique in this plasticky silver stuff and like a yeah. Peter Pan bow out of the same stuff. And then her skirt is just layers of that like silvery plastic stuff, vinyl. And it looks like when you go through a car wash. Um, oh <laughs> my fucking God. Emily Pineapple, you did not. <laughs> you did not call this woman a car wash brush. It is so her true. Skirt. It's so accurate. She keeps wiping through the door as if Kirk was taking the Enterprise through, and she's like, Do you want some suds, you son of a bitch? You son of a bitch. Like, oh my god. Um, she's white tights on. She wears this throughout the episode, and it's my favorite thing. Um, she just looks so ridiculous. Um, but yeah, she comes in screaming that, you know. James murdered her father and he's yeah. like he was my friend and she's like no you hated him you murder you murder uh stone is like Spock will you please escort this young lady out of the room and honestly like uh, who, but who better to keep their cool <laughs> than Mr. Yeah, Spock you know what he picked the right person to do it objective mm-hmm. and he just handed the data discover so he ain't doing anything exactly and then immediately he's like he like t- he's like Spock, like escort that girl out of the room, like turns to Kirk and is like, you have committed willful perjury. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You possible Imme- murderer. Immediately. Immediately. Because apparently the computer records show that Kirk ejected the pod, ejected poor Finney in his pod uh, before the ship was at red alert status. Oh my God. Which confuses me as well we're gonna see a close-up of how things go to red alert but it's him pressing a button so they're like but if you ah ah and i don't want to tilt my hand because you mentioned it but i'm just gonna say i'm uh, one of the most absurd things about this episode are those buttons yep i mean we're gonna we're gonna they're gonna be you know they're they're not checkoffs buttons but they're they're captain kirk's buttons So expect that when we introduce Captain Kirk's buttons in Act One, there's a reason. Yep. He's going to click them in Act Two. Yep. Or three. Uh huh. He's just those buttons. And remember that those buttons are there because it never comes back in the entire rest of the series. It might. But I don't think it does, but I wish it would. Uh- <laughs> I hope, you know what? You should watch Strange New Worlds and see if the chair has three buttons on it near it. The three buttons. Um- the three buttons. <laughs> it's so. <laughs> hashtag the three buttons um and he's like stay here like don't leave the country like don't leave the county uh, yeah exactly don't leave the county we're determining if a general court martial is in order i'm saying this because right new york space. guy he's actually a canadian actor um he's the uh he's a black guy um and that was pretty special because no one was giving black actors jobs at the time. Yeah, and he plays them with enough commanding authority exactly. to be able to like court martial Kirk and no one's blinking or not. Mm-hmm. He's the highest rated or like he's the uh, highest official played by a African Canadian or like African North American uh, actor in Star Trek TOS. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, yeah, like, don't leave the county. <gasps> Act one. Oh, no. Uh, but Kirk is like, you know, there's an inquiry into the death of Lieutenant Commander Finney. 
I am confident of the outcome. Like, Kirk's not concerned at this point. Yes. He's just like, I did what I had to do. It sucks. And it certainly sucks that I hurt his kid, you know. But so he and McCoy walk into the Starbase Club. Ooh, it's a club. It's, it's like a lounge. It's just like a layover lounge for all the other officers that are, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's the base one, but it yeah. did seem like they were all there. All of them, I felt like, had their own court marshals mm-hmm. that were due yeah. <laughs> or had come due. Because they looked like real. It was a real. Oh, can I be judgy? Can I Please. say this? It looked like a meeting of the loser society. Yep. And these were the ones that got rejected from it. Like, they did not look like their prospects they... were very good, which is why they ended up in this lounge, particularly. <laughs> they did not and appear so. Certainly not. Uh, but Hugh McCoy walk in, and they see several members of Kirk's class from the Academy, and Kirk's like, mm-hmm. hey, guys, like, what's up? And they're like, yeah, no, it's great. You're leaving soon, right? And he's like, oh, are you in a hurry to see me go? And they're like, no, we're just wondering how long it's going to take you to get a new records officer. Ooh. Yeah, basically, like, and he's just like, you can talk plainer than that, which is like, okay, Kirk. Um, Yeah, these fucking losers are razzing Kirk. That's where Kirk is right now. Yeah. Everybody's like, aren't you going to be court martial? Yeah. They're just mean girlings and negging him. Ben was a friend of ours. Ben was. And he's like, fine. Like, you've already made up your minds. I'm leaving. So, um. Where I come from, I'm innocent until I presume I'm guilty. Pretty much. Um, So during this scene, during the filming of this scene. Apparently, multiple times throughout this shot, according to one of these guys, probably the one who played <sighs> Timothy, I don't remember, um, because they look like the Losers Club. Um, they're like, he was like, I was supposed to say something to Kirk, and he kept shouting cut and calling for makeup, like going behind the scenes, like for makeup, um, because his eyes oh kept God. filling with water. And then when they were done filming him, he was just out. <laughs> He fucking left. He was out of the iron doors. Like, God damn. And he's like, oh, fuck. Like, I have to say things to him. It's my reverse shot time. Who, who shall I act against? But it is the 60s, sir. If I am acting, I must act against an actor. No. I need a human being. Uh, but Mark Daniels was like, behold, my hand with wiggling fingers is your eyeline. Deliver your lines to it. Now who's got a line? Who's okay, now say the line, and you're gonna get chicken tendies for lunch. Ooh. Um. So that's fun because that's like the first instance of sci-fi using, I guess, CG techniques. Um. You know, you when you get the cutaway shots, you get the cutaway shots. You get them how you can. Exactly. Um. But the reason why he kept crying was because uh shatner was going through a tough time in his marriage yeah. oh no he was real stressed he was headed towards divorce uh what a stress snow kitty yeah yeah so that's kind of what was going on for him during this episode um the other thing that you might think is strange is didn't kirk just get there and now everyone's like you killed our friend finney like you killed him like, you definitely you killed know, him. Word spread fast. These yeah. are gossipy sons of bitches. These are gossipy sons of bitches. 
they hear the early reports and they're like, uh oh, look who it is. Someone's got a case of the court martials. They also recut where that scene was in the script to make the first act seem faster. Oh, okay. Well, there. there (laughs) To be fair, that's all you need. This was supposed to happen like in between uh, the the case, Um, but we see it here. It's good. Kirk just kind of like walks out. And immediately, but who do we see? A woman in a paisley square of fabric pinned artfully to her. Oh, my God. With big plasticky oh. earrings that are, like, oh partially see-through. So it's always reflecting yes. colors onto her yes. neck throughout the scene. Yes. Yes, Emily. <laughs> yes. Oh, if you did not think this was going to enter the annals of missy's costumes she wants to pluck from time and space you were wrong Uh i loved it i saw it draping off of Mm -hmm. her and i'm like god fucking damn it she is gorgeous who is this person and kirk is in full Mm -hmm. on flirt mode he is just like you know what if i'm gonna be court-martialed i might as well just have the best of it she was actually originally uh, going to be the wife in the Munsters. She was going to be Lily Munster, but they Wait, decided what? that she looked too much like uh, what was the other one, the Adams Family lady. Um, oh, and they're like, eh, yeah. I don't know the actress. I don't know the actress who played her in the TV show. I know what you're talking about, but mm-hmm. oh no, that's that's an RIP. They didn't want to be like, well, we don't mm-hmm. people think that we're just like. Uh, you know, aping off of that, even though we're sort of we aping off of a different. We're, we're basically aping off of the Universal Monsters instead. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Um, but she walks in, and McCoy, looking as though he has been shoved into frame because he has by Mark Daniels, who was like, "We need to finish filming." <laughs> Mark Daniels, uh, he I think has directed mo like of the directors who directed, I think he directed the most. He has popped um, up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was pretty pushy, uh, according to people on set, including uh Finnerman, the cinematographer. Um, so he was kind of just like shoved on set and like doesn't really know where he is. And then he's like, okay. he just like sees her and is immediately, his first line to her is, yes, that was indeed Captain Kirk. Like your eyes do not deceive you. And she's like, I know I am a friend of his. And he's like, yeah, he certainly fucking needs friends right now. Um, And he just kind of like walks her to a table um, and he's like, oh, like you're an old friend of Kirk's. All of my old friends look like doctors. All of his look like you. Because yeah. she doesn't look like a doctor, McCoy? You know, you're uh, not wrong. You're not <laughs> wrong. She's not dressed like one right now, it's, but... It's a, it's a good point. She is also in a bar, and there is a jazzy version of the theme I was going to call it out. I, that jazzy theme came back, yep. and I was like... Oh, this is our, you can relax yep. and just know that these two are going to flirt for a bit. And that it's okay because the jazz makes it consensual. Yes, that is, yes. Um, it was written originally for the one with the Shakespeare. Yes, I believe you called out that we would hear this music yes. coming up again. 
and I've been waiting for it. And uh, when I heard it, don't think again. In terms of things of the- that went didn't go past me, this didn't go past me either. Uh, yes, and it's so good. Uh, Conscience of the King. So it is very good, actually. Uh, it, it, wow. uh, I hope that there is a soundtrack available somewhere. I'm sure people have like ripped this in different places, but I wish there was an official soundtrack of all of these tracks available, like remastered, because I need them. Yes, no, it's amazing. Um, the sound guys actually, Roddenberry told them to uh treat it like they were painting with sound like to fill up their canvas yeah, th- being which a show sense. with noises yeah um, they do a great job at it yeah and then somehow convince them to like work 24 7 for three weeks uh which yeah, they did that part, not so great <laughs> like they're just like yeah he had this weird ability to like you would talk to him and you'd be like i can't do this job and by the time you were finished talking to him you were like well fuck now i'm doing this job yeah you're like i'm ready for this job and you're like oh wait a minute no wait what's the job again oh no oh no um, so back in Commodore Stone's office, uh, Stone begins an inquiry. He's like, tell me about your relationship with Finny. Like, tell me all this info. Kirk says that he had, uh, that Finney had taught at Starfleet Academy when Kirk was younger. Mm-hmm. That, and that Finney's daughter was named after him. They were really good friends. Yeah, that's it. That's something to drop in the middle of your uh, your like pre-trial material. Is that yeah. oh, this is how close this friend was that mm-hmm. I'm accused of killing. Uh, you know, the, his daughter running around, the one that said I, you killed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's named after me. She's named Jamie for James, which is so funny. Uh, Jamie with an E, J A M E. I looked up who played a real Shaw. Um, which is Joan Marshall. <laughs> and I, I could not help but die because it was it's Joan Marshall, born Joan Sherpferman. <laughs> Ship- Sherpferman. Sh- Sherpferman. Sherpferman. And I just, I was just dying. I was just like, ah, she must have lived in Chicago near my Jewish family, which she did. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and it was like, it's 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 okay we'll just call you marshall (laughs) so (laughs) um so jame or jamie which is spelled j-a-m-e which i hate that's such a like white ass person in bay area to name thing to name your kid throw throw at least one eye in there come on right right uh maybe two a's if you want to be insane but like come on (laughs) Um, but Kirk says that un- th- how their friendship soured was that a number of years later, they were both serving together on the USS Republic. Finney had made a mistake. He uh, left a circuit open to the atomic matter piles that should have been closed, which can destroy the ship. It can. And when I lay my atomic matter piles mm-hmm. around, like, ugh, I genuinely hate when that happens. Oh, yeah. You don't want to trip on an atomic matter pile just saying um so apparently kirk fixed it and then logged the incident which caused finney to get a formal reprimand letter written which then sent him to the bottom of the promotion list and he always blamed kirk for sort of getting in the way of his career and basically like the delayed assignment made him unable to command a starship for some reason Sure. He missed his opportunity. Missed it. He missed it. 
then the ion storm uh he's like oh like so why did you choose finny the man who hated you uh to get into that that pod um and he's just like he may have blamed me but and he may have blamed me that he never rose to command a ship but i don't assign jobs on the basis of who blames me it was finny's turn i assigned him (laughs) first come first serve yep he was on the list i had he had just checked in with me when we hit the storm i signaled yellow alert we began encountering pressure i finally signaled a red alert finney knew he had a matter of seconds which i gave him and more but it apparently wasn't enough uh stone reminds him that the log shows that he ejected before signaling red alert once again if it's not an emergency until you hit red alert but it is in fact the captain's decision when a red alert happens then would not like yeah he should have hit the red button first but if he accidentally forgot and hit the other button like it's still his decision i don't know also there's a yellow alert were you not just like fascinated to learn that i never thought that the implication of a red alert yeah also include other hues and colors. <laughs> it's a maroon alert. As well. Like a green alert, a green alert, blue alert. Like Chartreuse only, alert. To be fair, you, the only time you get alerted is usually when it's red. Like mm-hmm. usually you don't get alerted with a uh, medium alert, medium alert. There is a medium alert right now. <laughs> Some of you should be concerned. Other of you, this is not, does not affect you. <laughs> Keep playing tennis. If, if you know what the yellow alert is, then you know. And if you don't know, then you shouldn't pay panic because it doesn't concern you. Um, Kirk can't explain why the computer is wrong, but that he has no idea why the computer would be wrong. Only that he definitely is. Commodore Stone stops the recording and is like, Jim. Like, look, like he has like a man to man talk with him and he's like, dude, like you have such an intense job. You are under so much pressure. Like being the commander of a starship is a big fucking deal. Are you You exhausted? Like you can just say oopsie poodled. You can just say you were exhausted. You could just say that you panicked. Like, like we'll we'll put you in a different like you won't be able we'll put you to, in a home yeah we'll put you in a home like we won't let you continue to run the starship but like you won't get in trouble like we you will just say you the, got you exhausted and we put you in a different position and he's just like is that the way that you see it stone's like i will put that in my report if that's what you will say mm-hmm. and kirk's just like so I'd be admitting that a man died because I'm fucked up. And he's like, no, don't admit it. Just say that you were exhausted and you don't know what happened. You thought that you made sure you hit red alert and we'll give you a ground assignment. He's basically like, you know, you can just maintain culpability without maintaining mm-hmm. fall. Like, I just, I'm very confused what, the, yeah. I'm a little confused too at the turn of order, right? That did make me laugh where he, where he just is like, as you said, Jim. Yeah. Jim. 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 And he's saying like, no starship captain has ever stood trial before. So that's the other thing is like, we don't want people to be like, oh, these starship captains are just hand in trial now. I guess that it's supposed to be morally unimpeachable as well to be in that position which we don't think of 
when we think of the military. Captains get qualified immunity. And you would be basically breaking that precedent. Come on. Don't ruin it for the rest of us. Now all of us are going to be culpable if we accidentally kill someone because we refuse to admit video evidence now. Um, But Kirk is like, no, because if what you suspect is true, I killed someone. Like, you shouldn't want what you are thinking to be true to be true because if it is i should be in trouble like this isn't this isn't right um and stone's just like your service like let's not smear the service here and kirk's like no like fuck you yep think of think of the department you can't put a bad name on the department pretty much and kirk is like this that's insane i'm not sweeping this under the rug and like I mean, I really, I think he's a badass for this, you know? He's like, no, if I was guilty, then I should be punished by Starfleet. Like, this should not be something that can just be, you know, swept under the rug. Um, and he says, like, and Stone's just like, fuck, like, well, then you draw a general court. And Kirk is like, I demand it. I demand a general court convened immediately. I accuse myself. Pretty much. Um, so back in da, 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 the Starfield Club, um, Kirk finally gets a chance to meet up with his old friend. That's right. A real Shaw who knows exactly how long it's been since they've seen each other. Four uh-huh. years, seven months, and an odd number of days. They are wildly flirting throughout this there's no subtlety of flirting it's not Mm -hmm. surface i mean they used the jazzy music already it's heavy flirting yeah Yeah. uh she has this big old drink that has like a skewer of fruit a whole branch of something and a an umbrella in it it's like this big red drink with every garnish that they had (laughs) It made me thirsty. I was thirsty for it. They eventually like hand Kirk his drink, and of course, it's just like a small glass of like yep. clearly some alcohol, like plain. He has a manly here's, drink. Here's a glass of ethanol. He's a glass of masculinity. Um, and she's like, so like you you seem to be taking your case really lightly. And he's like, I have the confidence of an innocent man. And she's like, no, like you really need to pay attention when I'm telling you that (laughs) you need to pay attention to your case. Yes. Um, And he's like, no, like I'll be fine. He's like, no, she's like, no, the the prosecution is going to argue that it's you versus the computer. And who's going to believe a person over a computer? You will Which certainly was fascinating. lose. What a fascinating argument to hear in the 60s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, well, then why don't you be my attorney? And she's like, oh, I'm busy. Um, I'm just like really busy. So I can't. But you need to talk to this guy. Samuel mm-hmm. T. Cogley, you've got to talk to this guy. This is the only guy you should go to. Go to this man. And you know he's a good lawyer because he has a middle initial that's only a letter. Exactly. And Kirk's like, are real? Like, you haven't told me how much you know what's going on with the prosecution. Because Jim Kirk, my dear old love, I am the prosecution! (gasps) Cut to commercial. Oh my god. 
She has to do her very best to have him slapped down hard, broken out of service in disgrace. Which is fun. She's like almost crying as she says this. <laughs> I'll totally smooch you if you get off. And if you get off, I'll get off. I'll get off. <laughs> uh, so Kirk heads to his temporary quarters on Starbase 11. Opens the door to see a whole bunch of books. Just stacks and stacks of books in his room. Uh and an old man in there. Uh, and he's like, so I take it you're uh, Cogley? And he's like, yes, I am here. And I thought because we'd be spending lots of time together, I would set up shop. And he's like, huh. Well, that's interesting. He's like, what, you don't have a thing against books? You don't like books, eh? And Kirk's like, no, it's fine. It's just computers take up less space. Like, what's the big deal? Exactly. And he's just like, books! Books! If time wasn't so important, I'd show you something. My library. Thousands of books! Um, and he's like, what? Kirk is like, what is actually the point? And he says, this is where the law is. Not that homogenized, pasteurized synthesizer. You want to know the law, the ancient concepts in their own language? Learn the intent of the men who wrote them from Moses to the tribunal of Alpha 3? Books! Um, and, and he says, you have, you have to either be an obsessive crackpot who's escaped from his keeper, or Samuel T. Cogley, attorney at law. And he's like, ha ha, right on both counts. This man. I adore him. I would do anything for him. He is so familiar, and I know he's a character actor, actor from things. He's Elisha Cook Jr. Yes. He's in, like, Maltese Falcon. That's a big one that I know he's been in. But I cannot place how I know him. He is just so familiar looking. He really is. Um, what he wasn't familiar with was his own lines. You'll notice that oh, they cut no. away a lot when he's talking because he couldn't remember more than one or two lines at a time. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. To be fair, when he's having to just like quote a bunch of very specific like laws and yeah. examples, it can get that way. Absolutely. There's a lot of words also like <laughs> homogenized, pasteurized, synthesizer. Um, I have figured out what he's on. He is in the Vincent Price House on Haunted Hill. Oh. That is how I know him. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, cool. We have a, a, a lawyer who's super into books. And this is the first part where I was always like, does the writer of this know how a computer works? The answer is no. <laughs> the answer is actually no you can tell by the way that the actor when he pointed the computer just to turn it on and say blips and blops he just went bloop some lights flipped on and then lights flipped yep. off just with his hand waving motion just like clack, 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 clack. Clack, 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 clack. um he basically said something i wrote it down somewhere um <laughs> but don mankowitz was basically like you see, a computer will only give you abbreviated information. You have to go to a book to get all of the information. And it's like, Don, that's actually not how computers work. He's like, you can't make underlines. Exactly. Exactly. He's like, you can't make 
underlines and notes in information on a computer. It's like, Dawn, you've never, he's like, all of my books have been printed on paper. And it's like, Dawn, you just don't know how they work. Why, one day there might be a computer in every neighborhood in the country. Like, it's just very interesting. So, (laughs) in the 23rd century, there's a man walking around thinking that you can't get a full scan of a book from a computer. Depending on, like, what libraries you have access to. You know, Uh, I'm sure there are people now who think that. That's true. Um, But they're not the lawyers for James T. Kirk. They are not. So the court martial begins uh, with Commodore Stone presiding. We have some representatives out there, and they have these cool little badges, right? They're a bunch of little triangles that are kind of made up into different shapes. The idea being the triangles all count for something. You know, uh, Kirk's make like kind of a little star shape on his. The rest of them look ordered. Commodore Stone looks like he wiped his hands on the front of his uniform and it jumbled up all his badges and they just left yeah. it. <laughs> like, it looks like a like a bowl of alphabet soup. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> it's just amazing. Um, and they do bring these back for uh, the Strange New Worlds. With the series of Captain oh, Pike, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so the computer lists the charges: uh, culpable negligence, uh, specification that on that starbit date by such negligence, Captain James T. Kirk did cause loss of life to wit of the records officer, Lieutenant Commander Finney Benjamin, to all recorded charges and specifications. What is the plea? Not guilty. Not guilty. Of course, we have to prove him innocent. Otherwise, we don't have an episode. Exactly. So Lieutenant Shaw comes up, calls up the first witness. And that's right. It's Mr. Spock. And he's like, she's like, Spock, what do you know about computers? He's like, I know all about computers. I'm the guy who knows about computers. Um. She asks, like, do you know of any malfunction that could have caused these records to be incorrect? And Spock says, no, I don't. But nevertheless, they are incorrect. Mm -hmm. And she's like, wait, how do you know that they're incorrect? And he's like, because I believe Captain Kirk. And she's like, that is literally not what I was looking for. (laughs) Like, Like, speculation. What? (laughs) She's like, make him stop speculating. She tells the judge. Ask the witness not to speculate. And he's like, Spock's him, like, no, I'm not. to say what I want him to say. Spock's like, I'm not speculating. Like, humans run on precepts the same way that computers do. And yeah. I know Lieutenant Kirk, and I know that he would not have panicked, nor would he have murdered that guy. So the computer must be wrong. And she's like, in your opinion. And he's like, fine, in my opinion. Um, she's actually like very nice throughout this. She definitely like you you can tell she she doesn't want to cause like she she's not taking any joy in taking yeah. down her. But it's more fun to say it that way. Um, so then she calls, uh, then they're like, mm, do you want to cross-examine the witness? And Cogley's like, nah, he's just like chilling in the chair. He's like sitting mm-hmm. back, like playing with a pencil, doing fuck all. <laughs> 
Lieutenant Shaw then calls another personnel officer uh, to the stand who has the best Midwestern accent. Oh my God. Yes. I was wondering if I was over listening or if that was me clocking a somewhat Midwestern accent. That was what rocketed me me back to a sense memory of watching Uh, this with my mother and being like, what was that? Because this woman, it's just like, uh, you know, you're familiar with all the service records of all board. And she's like, yes, ma'am. Yansen Kirk. Yes, ma'am. That's like basically all she says like four times. Yes, ma'am. It's so great. Um, <laughs> uh, so that that's all she's there for, to have a Midwestern accent and be like, yes, it was Kirk who did the disciplinary action that caused Finney to resent him. Yeah, of course. Then Lieutenant Shaw calls up Dr. McCoy and she's like, you're an expert in space psychology, right? And he's like, kinda. <laughs> he's like, I know a little remember, about it. <laughs> remember space psychology way back from episode uh, two when Charlie X was there and that yeah. one lady was studying space psychology? Yes! We need that space psychologist. Um... <laughs> Wait, has there been a, well, she was like, has there been an emergency situation on this ship? Because I study people in emergency situations. <laughs> This is exactly what I needed. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, she's like, uh, so you're an expert in space psychology. And he's like, sure. And she's like, so you just heard that Finney blamed Kirk for his demotion. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, so, like, could Kirk also hate Finney? Like, and it's like, excuse me, Judge. Are we are we not worried about speculation at this yeah, point? Yeah, are we not doing suppositions now? Are we not are we not doing that? Now? Literally, she's like, let's hypothesize that Kirk hated Finney back, and the doctor's like, sure, I guess. Like that is the entire thing is is her being like, when someone hates you, sometimes you start to hate them back. Mm-hmm. That is a possibility that amongst humans that can happen and. McCoy's like, yeah, sure. Um, so just wild. Um, it's like technically correct, and she's like, ah, the best kind of correct. Yes. <laughs> and then they're like, Mister Cogley, like, do you want to talk to McCoy? And he's like, nah, fuck it. He's like, Cogley. Then Commodore Stone is like, why haven't you cross-examined any of these witnesses? Like, are you not doing your job? Are you doing due diligence? It's like, yeah, no, 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 we got this. Don't worry. I'll Don't let worry. you. I'll let you know when uh, when I'm needed. Yeah, I'll let you know. Um, you see, I I've just been waiting for Captain Kirk to be called to the stand. Dun dun. dun. I mean, there's no real dun dun dun. Like, of course yeah. he's gonna testify. Yeah. yeah. So he calls up Captain Kirk, and they have the computer read out his uh, credentials. To which Miss Shaw is like, okay, like this is gonna go on forever if we listen to all of them. And Cogley's like, oh, well, it, you're I, super impressive. I gotta. And Cogley's like, I wouldn't want to slow the wheels of progress, but on the other hand, I wouldn't want those wheels to run over my client. Ooh. Oh. Um. So we we hear some more. Uh, Plus, things. Gina's like, I need to get uh, my uh, my mistress some work. Pretty much. Uh, so we hear about the Award of Valor, Medal of Honor, Silver Plum with Cluster, 
and then Starfleet citation for conspicuous gallantry. <laughs> I, I didn't know that he was officially gallant. I was impressed. The Karagite order of heroism. <laughs> <laughs> I just once want to be awarded for conspicuous gallantry in my life. <laughs> the good prize for good things. <laughs> um, Cockley is just like, hey, Kirk. Did you hate this guy? And did you do it? And Kirk's like, I didn't hate this guy and I didn't do it. No and no. No and no. That's when he like gives it up to cross-examination and Shaw is like, uh, I kind of only have one thing to show. And that's the tape of what happened that day. Because apparently there are computers. Oh, kitty sneezes. Faces. On your faces. Um, because apparently there's multiple camera angles just watching at all times the bridge. Um, and that's when we see Finny being posted to the pod, uh, the Enterprise going front to yellow alert. We see Kirk, we get a zoom in on his hand on the buttons next to his chair. It's Three Kirk buttons. buttons. The first button is yellow alert. Yes. We see him hit that. The second button is red alert. Makes sense. Now that you've introduced the concept yeah. of the yellow one. Okay. Red alert mm -hmm. underneath that. And we watch as Kirk, his little hand goes from yellow alert, past red alert, down to the third button, jettison pod. Now, the why on earth would your third button be a <laughs> button that says jettison pod? And also, one, a singular pod. One, one pod on the ship this big. There's just a one pod of of something that's there. Why yep. is that third one there? I I'm going to introduce something that you you're all now thinking. Okay, the twist is he meant to hit the red mm -hmm. alert button, but he didn't. He clicked release pod instead, and he was mistaken. No, that's not the twist. That didn't come in at all. I kept waiting for that to be it. They're like, well, I guess he did it by accident. Mm -hmm. No, they're mm -hmm. just saying, well, it must be missing footage or something because I know I hit the red alert button and then later hit that, mm -hmm. that third button. I could have never mistakenly hit it. Like, the UI on this ship is insane. First off, the captain needs three buttons. Why is Jettison Bod one of his buttons? Exactly. And why is it so close to red alert? Why is it so close? need to do so close. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, of course there's going to be mistakes. Of course he's going to hit it. Do you not know how fo- Like, no one has- thought about ui in the 60s for uh, even a second i'm shocked that there wasn't a fourth button called blow up ship just ready to go <laughs> like you know like oh just in case like shouldn't that be one that you yeah. need nearby like who's gonna do that that should just be uncovered and like right next to me right like what if yep. his elbow hit that fucking button they don't wear seat belts anyone could hit that as they're being no flown around here. the ship so, shocked and horrified, because apparently this is the first time Kirk has ever seen this footage. Or Cogley, because what about Discovery? Who needs Discovery in a case? Um, he just goes, but that's not the way it happened. <gasps> Back in Kirk's quarters on the Starbase, uh, 
Cogly is like computers don't lie. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's, he's even like, well, shit. And Kirk's like, are you suggesting that I am lying? And Cogley's like, maybe you were exhausted. And Kirk's like, again? Again with oh, this? No, Why didn't you look at the tape? trying to not believe me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, there's still time to change your plea. I could get you off. And Kirk's like, what is going on? Like, no, I didn't do it. Um, and Kirk's like, no, I know what I did. That's when Spock contacts Kirk from the Enterprise saying that he did a, a survey on the computer and the results, nothing. There's nothing wrong with the computer that Spock can see with that survey. And Spock's like, you sound bitter. <laughs> and Kirk's like, not bitter enough to not thank you for your efforts. Spock's like, further instructions. No, it's not all bad, Mr. Spock. Who knows? Maybe you'll be able to beat your next captain at chess. Kirk out. And Spock sits there and goes, chess. Chess. Deep blue. But just then, Jamie Finney, girl of the 23rd century, walks in, asking Cogni to make Kirk change his plea and make him take a ground assignment. And they're like, that's strange. You were just saying that he's a murderer. And Jamie says she was reading through her father's old letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say a lot of things. Mm -hmm. She's like, I was reading through the old letters my dad sent to me and my mom. And it just reminded me how close you, the two of you were. And how much he loved you. And I won't make any trouble for you. You know, like, Which I'm not going like, to, like, keep coming after you. It's a bit late for that. You're not the one that's court-martialing him. Exactly. Exactly. And Kirk is like, hmm. But Cogley's like, hmm, maybe I have an idea. I don't know what this man is thinking. I have no idea, and there is no evidence that he could possibly be thinking about anything that he does in the future. So, whatever. Somehow, Jamie coming in gives him an idea. Back on the Enterprise, Spock is playing chess. He's playing 3D chess with the computer in the briefing room. That's when McCoy walks in. He's like, well, I had to see it to believe it. And Spock's like, explain. He says, they're about to lop off the captain's professional head and you're sitting here playing chess with the computer. That is true. He's like, Mr. Spock, you're the most cold-blooded man I've ever known. Spock says, why, thank you, Doctor. I've just won my won my fourth game. Uh, that announcement catches McCoy off guard. He's yeah. like, one, that's a pretty funny back and forth. That's definitely Gene Alcoon. Um, and <laughs> he's like, wait, you lost to the, com or you're winning against the computer? Uh -huh. And Spock is like, yeah, it's actually impossible for me to win because I myself programmed this computer to be as good as me at chess. And that's where I let out a missy gasp. I was like, <gasps> the computer, something's computer. wrong with the computer. Yes, they're like, they should only, they should only be able to draw. Um, they should not be able, no one should be able to win. Uh, certainly not Spock. Uh, so 
they're like, oh, shit, there's definitely something wrong with the computer. We need to fucking go because this is new evidence. Meanwhile, the court martial is back in session and both the prosecution and defense rest their cases. Cogley does shit all for Kirk. He sits in the courtroom, calls Kirk up, has Kirk say, I didn't do it, and then disbelieves Kirk when he sees the footage and then rests his case. Thank God fucking Spock is here. Well, because he saw the evidence. He's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I don't want to get you into further trouble and have you commit more perjury here in the stand. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you, if you're going to make your statement, there's nothing more I can do. Fair enough. But exactly. He just he just does fuck all. Um, so but thankfully, Spock and McCoy run in and like whisper shit to Kirk and Cogley. And Cogley is like, oh, shit, like we don't rest. We don't rest. We don't rest. We're awake. We're wide awake. Uh, JK, we you have, already said JK, JK. We have new evidence and we must show it off on the Enterprise because that's reasonable in a court of law. Shaw is like, okay, this is theatrics, uh, but Cogley has been roused to anger against machines and he has quite a speech that they have to cut away from every two lines because he cannot remember them. He said, uh, now that I've got something human to talk about, rights, sir, human rights, the Bible, the Code of Hammurabi and of Justinian Magna Carta, the Constitution of the United States, fundamental declarations of the Martian colonies, the statutes of Alpha Three, gentlemen, these documents all speak of rights, rights of the accused to a trial by his peers, to be represented by counsel, the rights of cross-examination, but most importantly, the right to be confronted by the witnesses against him, a right to which my client has been denied. And they're like, you literally didn't cross-examine any of the witnesses. And Cogley's like, but because there's one that hasn't been called. That's right. The computer itself. And this is when I, I climaxed. I <laughs> could not believe that the next step of this was they were like calling the computer to the stand. I I knew mm-hmm. like well, I expected them to be like oh I'm going to submit some more evidence and this evidence is computer's error. Not that my next witness is the computer. I yeah. couldn't handle it. Pretty much, and of course they have to do it like on the ship for that reason. So everyone is now in the briefing room on the Enterprise. Spock shows off his chess games and testifies like, I just won five games against the computer. There is no way that I should be able to win because I just changed it. Like I just programmed all my chess knowledge in there. And the only people who could have made any kind of changes to the computer are myself, Captain Kirk, and the records officer commander or not commander lieutenant finney (gasps) the accused yeah this is this is where it's all coming together i and this is where earlier i i didn't spoil i did not want to tilt my hand because earlier in the episode i thought to myself i wonder if he's not dead I wonder if he even was on that pod. I wonder if something happened, whether it be, you know, we've had so many different forces that have abducted him, but because there was a nebula, 
you know, ion sphere or whatever. I'm like, it could just be maybe he's trapped in the ether. I don't know, but I'm like, I'm and show me the body. Show mm -hmm. me the body. Otherwise, I don't know they're dead. And, and oh my god, yeah. When they were like the only other person working at it was Stanley. I'm like, oh, be on the ship, be on the ship, be on the ship, please, 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 please. <gasps> Um, and that's what I remember when I think to myself how I like this episode. I'm like, oh, but there's that great twist. Yeah. Um, so Cogley then is like, Kirk, after the storm, how do you find the body? And Kirk's like, well, there was no body. We did a phase one search, which is a, a top to toe search of a crew member who is presumed unable to respond to rescue efforts. You know, so like presuming we we are assuming this person cannot reach out. Um, and he's like, well, I mean, a phase one search presupposes that the person wants to be found. Dun, 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 Could someone hide dun, 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 from a phase one search? The idea is this person's unconscious or incapacitated, yes, not hiding. Can. He says, I submit to you, Lieutenant Commander Ben Finney is not dead! Oh my god, I love this. Like, Matlock, Space Matlock, mm -hmm. you are solving this case. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. I, twist, I thought the twist was, oh, they were going to bring up the computer. No, no, no. That's just a MacGuffin. Yeah. The real twist is there is no body. There was yeah. no murder. There was no accident. Yeah, exactly. Um... So the court reconvenes on the main bridge uh, and Cogley's like, Kirk is going to perform an experiment for us now. And Kirk's like, sweet, everyone off the ship except for us. So we're going to empty out the ship. Then we're going to shut down the engines and we're just going to, you know, drift around the planet until our orbit decays. Because now that we've turned those off, we can use this bright silver microphone to go through and amplify and dis and get rid of specific sounds. And just we're gonna just a basic ass microphone it's from the studio lot, just plucked from the soundstage next door. So funny. Yep. And so they use the ship's auditory sensors to amplify all the heartbeats on board, because apparently you can do that. Then McCoy uses the microphone to go around and like calibrate to each person's heart rate to erase that heart rate. Oh. from the sound and then kirk's like also the transporter chief and spock just hits a button it's to get it, rid of that heartbeat so we didn't need the white noise device um mankowitz also wild. thinks that he invented white noise he just said a white noise device and he had no idea that it was a real thing uh, oh that's a great coincidence yeah 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 uh and i love the sound effect of the heartbeat yeah it was the crunchiest bum, bum. synth bass of the go bum, 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 bum. And at first it's like later up, so it's like and then it gets lower and lower. And they're as you said, they're they're one by one eliminating them all. But it's whoop, 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 whoop. One heartbeat left. But everyone on the bridge has had their heartbeats turned off. And I feel like I've seen this exact thing done in future sci-fi which i really like and that was one of the things i remember i'm pretty sure they do this same thing where it's like oh shit the person's not dead they're still on the ship yep and we know because we're like seeing the life signs i'm pretty sure it happened in farscape um it's just a great oh, idea yeah, it's a great it's a great trope it's a great trope uh <laughs> 
So <clears throat> they're like, okay, well, one person is clearly still alive or still on the ship. And they're like, it's Finny. And he, so Kirk's like, it would seem so. Uh, this is my problem. Please stay on the bridge. I'm going to go take care of it. I'm going to take a gun and go take care of it. Okay. No need for anyone else to join me. I can just go alone. That has never caused any problems in the past. <clears throat> so he goes down to engineering because they figured out where the fucking heartbeat is coming from. Start to hear like these great spooky voices. This guy has the spookiest fucking voice. He's like, oh, Captain. So you found me, Captain. Nothing this to say is now. Someone that is two sheets to the wind already. He is all already on like an eleven on the mm -hmm. intercom, and I was mm -hmm. happy. I'm like, oh, it's an stowaway. Um. So the guy who plays him, Richard Webb, was Captain Midnight. Do you know what that is? That okay, I have heard of this, but I don't yeah. I don't know it's what like it an is. Old adventure franchise that was a yeah. radio serial in the 30s. Um, but I feel like there's like a YouTuber who uses a bit from it as their intro. So I like recognized the voice and I was like, what the fuck? When oh. I like heard Finney again. Um so if Finney is clearly just delusional oh, it's like God, i'm a yeah. good officer as good as any of you i've watched you for years the great captain kirk and then he has a gun to his back and like kirk turns around to see the green goblin because this man looks like the green goblin he looks he's very william defoe -y. exactly like william defoe it and is startling and i have to point out it's very much an occam's razor situation where it's like what would be the motive behind all this and they point out earlier well he had reason to be mad at kirk because he got promotion over kirk but you know mm -hmm. no reason but that and then the entire reason is he was mad that kirk yeah. got a promotion over him it just yeah. came back to that all the motivation for this yep. entire scheme has been out there for you to know the entire yep. time you ruined me like you put this blot on my record um and kirk's like put the phaser down and finney's like i wouldn't kill you captain you don't care about your own death but your ship i have killed your ship <laughs> i have tapped your primary energy circuits and of course how dare you kill his ship you have threatened captain kirk's ship he loves it more than a woman uh so we see them start to fight um, and by them, I mean, we see <laughs> Finney and Chuck Clow fight. Chuck Clow, of course, the stuntman and stunt actor that was William Shatner's stunt double in this particular episode. So there's some great fighting done by various, uh, various obvious stunt people, which is very funny. And I very much suggest that anyone look up this fight. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, so at one point, like, Finney picks up the only, like, loose prop in the room, which is just a wrench. Yeah. To, like, oh, a, the classic, gonna knock you out with a wrench because we're in some place with, like, you know, equipment around. Uh, Spock is talking to, he's like, you know, everyone needs to beam down to the planet because this guy fucked with the ship and we don't have that much time. But Stone is like, no, we have to stay and listen to this witness, even though he's literally just babbling about how he wants to kill us. Uh, 
And, but Sam Cogley has already left. He's like, I have, like, you're going to do this experiment up here, like, before they, they realized that Finney was uh, where he was on the ship. He's like, I have to go down to the planet and do an errand. Mm. And, but what is that errand? Well, it's him picking up Jamie to bring her aboard the doomed ship. Oh, yes. Because Finney's going on, like, you know, those people out there, like, they deserve to die. Like, I loved the service more than anyone, and they passed me over. Like, they didn't give me my dues, and so it's good that they're dying also. And Jim's like, and your daughter, Jamie? And he's like, (gasps) Why would you do that? Why would anyone do that? You maniac. That's when we hear off camera um a narration of kirk saying beaten and sobbing ben finney confessed what he had done it was a pretty great just like cut like all of a sudden where it's like and we'll slap some dialogue here so we don't have to have uh any of this stuff he's just like he fucked with something in a jeffrey's tube and we like show kirk in the jeffrey's tube just like pulling tubes from places and sparks coming out uh that's him like repairing the ship you know, because we're so, still at the element of space where we're using Jeffrey's tubes. Uh, and so, like, originally in the shooting script, there was a scene where they just brought Jamie Finney into the room. Uh, oh. And is and so fit so that Finney can be like, oh, no, her. my daughter. Like, and she convinced him to sort of, like, confess and tell everything. Yeah, um, yeah. Which would have been more interesting. But instead they just decided not to <laughs> but instead they just didn't they just didn't um so back on the bridge lieutenant uhura again takes navigation power returns and uh they fix the uh you know the orbit of the ship and commodore stone is like haha let's dismiss this case uh because there's no findings, and so it's not necessary. And Shaw's like, I have no objections. She smiles, beaming. I'm so happy I don't have to throw my boy toy in jail. I'm so happy. As the Enterprise begins to, dispart, to, to depart, because um, apparently some time has passed, Shaw has one last gift from Cogley to Kirk, a book. We don't know what book, but she hands him a book. Uh, because Cogley himself is now busy representing Finney at his trial. There you go. This is a book. I think it's go. something about a struggle. Uh, I think my struggle, something <laughs> like that. You might enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, and also there's this literature some, uh... here. It's something called the Basic Tenets of the Heritage Foundation. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so they make out on the bridge. Um... And then she leaves. Kirk sits down uh, and is just like, she's a very good lawyer. Spock says, obviously. And McCoy says, she is. End of the episode! End of the episode. Oh, what a fun trip. What a fun tree. I I already said earlier how I placed it. This is a high-tier episode. Mm-hmm. I love a courtroom drama this is part of Missy's canon now, cross the streams, cross the podcasts. I have yet to come across one that I haven't liked, so I'm really happy that that trend continued. And Star yes. Trek of all places. 
I mean, I yes. knew they could have part of one because we had, you know, a partial court martial, uh, a partial court martial. Can you imagine an imaginary managing man- ah? ah. Can you imagine an imaginary menagerie manager managing an imaginary menagerie? There we go. Um, so I watched this episode with a dear friend, you know, Pug, uh, who loves Space Court. Any episode oh, yes. with Space okay. Court he loves. Uh, okay. Said this is by far one of the stupidest things he's ever seen. Do you know, Dr. President thought it was so stupid he attacked my microphone and knocked ah! it over. Right at that moment. Um, because he brought up the question, what was Vinny's plan? Like, What at was first, with the video? And what was with the video? Like, we never find out if Finney changed the video. If changing the video is what you fucked up the chest thing. You have to assume that if, is what is true. But you have never to. explicitly right? said. He never goes, oh, and by the way, I'm crazy. Here's the tube. I'm the one that fucked it. Like, if you've yeah. seen 2001 A Space Odyssey and you've seen how deteriorate when the tubes are removed, you can infer it. But the home audience might have just been like, oh, oh okay. Because, yeah, it, it's just so funny because the video footage really doesn't need to come into play when all of a sudden they're just like, oh, no, he's still alive. And that yeah. supposition comes, like, that doesn't really come from the computer being flawed. That's the part that I don't get is all of a sudden the lawyer's mm-hmm. like, he's not necessarily dead. It's like, why? Because the computer might be missing a frame? Like, yeah. You know, they exactly. just assume, oh, he must be hiding in the tubes. How big are yeah. these tubes? Is everyone hiding tubes? Has he seen this before? He's like, I once caught an old black Bart, the the wanted space criminal. You know, his heart, you know, was as black mm-hmm. as coal. Um, and he would kill you over a, a space quarter. And I found him one time hiding when we got him in the Jeffrey's tubes, just to use like that. What was that leader back on uh, 21st century Earth? Oh, yes. Saddam Hussein in his tiny hole. Like that. Uh, why are they in the tube? Well, that's because the scene from the Naked Time where they have to fix something in the tube was really <gasps> exciting, and they're like, "Let's have another Continuity, one of those." baby. Literally, they're just like, "Let's do something in a tube again," but this time with Kirk. Uh, so, Missy, are you curious about what the original story was? I am. For this episode. Yes, please. Because we, people might have forgotten, we have a surprise witness here at the end. The original Mank himself. Not the original Mank, Mank, but the original Mank Jr. Mank's Mank. Mank Jr., Don Mank. So, his idea was a courtroom drama. But if it's a courtroom, what would a trial of that time in the future be like? Well, you wouldn't be up against other people you'd be up against a computer, wouldn't you? Oh and no, what we're up if, against the machines! It's what not if the, the machi- people! Yeah, seems to get everything right. Like, what if the machine seems to be spot on? So, Kirk is suspected of make, creating a situation uh, in which that kills Finney. Who has a grudge against Kirk? Finney has a friend, Farley, who's on the bridge, and Sorry, Finney he and works Farley. on, I know, the computer for the ship, IRRU, the information retrieval and something system, which has apparently also developed a personality and also doesn't like Kirk because his only friend, Finney, doesn't like Kirk. The computer so, develops the personality of the programmer. Yes. yes. Who so, makes the AI? The AI are the people who program the AI. Exactly. So 
Finney, uh, when they land on the starbase, it is Farley who lies and says it was Kirk who did it. Finney's father is on Starbase instead of Jamie uh, and is like, fuck Kirk. Like, and Kirk's only hope is to get this father and son team, lawyer team, where the father is the old man who likes fucking the son is okay. modern and normal. Uh, so <laughs> in this version, basically Kirk, is just kind of like spends the whole time being in shock and is even thrown into jail immediately after IRRU I'm shows the stuff. Yeah. Um, and it uh, Spock has to help Kirk by proving that IRRU lied. And what happens is that the younger Cogley, after seeing IRRU's tape, um, decides that Kirk must be lying. <gasps> but the oh, senior Cogley, mm-hmm, but He's the like, senior Cogley believes Kirk. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I still believe in humans. And Spock thinks to himself, well, first we need to establish whether or not the computer can change its own tapes. <gasps> Two, we have to establish what happened to Finney. And because in this version, you know, the pod is ejected. Yeah. The thought is that the pod get, you know, slammed into an asteroid, but Spock's like, wait a minute. What if it landed on that asteroid? Because there wasn't actually a problem. So they take a space jalopy, which of course, Justin was like, you have to shoot me before I like, like a lot money to build another fucking space jalopy. (laughs) Um, and they go there and Spock goes there on a rocket and finds Finney, brings Finney back. Uh, it is then proven, of course, that Spock didn't do the thing. And because IRRU is clearly not a good computer anymore, it's going to be decommissioned. They're basically like, well, we have to decommission IRRU. It's no good as a computer anymore. Yeah, But... Cogley is like, wait a minute, or one of the Cogleys, they're like, wait a minute, we like this computer with a personality. This computer can help us with a project, creating a compendium of human knowledge of law. And because the computer will only allow Finney to program on it, we're bringing Finney with us. Hooray! (laughs) Hooray! The Hitchhiker's Guide to Space Law. Pretty much. Um, Which I think is actually way cuter. I think it's a really fun story. Uh, I can see why they absolutely could not do it. Yeah, there's too many elements you can't do. Too many elements. uh, Too many expensive elements. uh, And it would be... And a lot of track delay in one episode. Yeah. 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 A lot of track delay. And like a big crazy thing. Because basically they don't get a computer with a personality until... What we just saw mm-hmm. in Tomorrow's Yesterday, where the computer is just a joke. We don't get computers that have personalities. I don't even know if we have that in all of TOS. It really comes up with so, another very famous Space Court episode with Data uh, in TNG, where, of course, Data is our android. Um, and the argument that he is that he is a person, uh, mm-hmm. which he, of course, is. Now but, all I can think of is yeah. Bicentennial, man. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, 
So, but like the thing was, was like, not only was it really expensive, Roddenberry didn't like how pessimistic certain elements of it were. He didn't like the idea that Kirk would be thrown in jail like before the trial is over just because the computer said so um you know john d f black found cogley the elder cogley just a little too cartoonish um come on in here pretty much um and of course don couldn't help finish it because he was having marital problems So, yeah, um, the thing that really, uh, here's where I said they wanted the country lawyer. Don's like main ideas were the country lawyer and the computer with a personality because he he doesn't like that computers give you abbreviated information as if Wikipedia articles don't have links where you can go and look at the primary sources. But he wants that they didn't they couldn't do that at the time. And now they can. But then it couldn't. Now he you likes had to books. trust the inputter. There was a great moment where Cogley talks about how all of human knowledge is like stored on this computer, and he points to like an Atari game, like from like the first Pong game, yeah, like whatever that system was without a screen. And I'm like, you know what? If you didn't have a monitor, I can understand being like, why would a computer be able to give me primary source information? It That's has no true. monitor. I can't see anything. I can only hear it. But it is interesting how there there really aren't <laughs> monitors as we think of them within this. They're, there's yeah. like screens, but there's not really like interactive monitors. Mm-hmm. And there's not like the screens are small. You yeah. know, they're worse than a TV screen at that time. And at that time, TV screens sucked. But I still think it's very funny that Don was like that the script was both too sci-fi to make but so not sci-fi not sci-fi in the right ways yeah yeah, yeah. doesn't think you can have a primary source of information on any computer like uh but you know that's that's what it is uh missy where does this Go on your rating. Do you have a ranking for it? Oh, top tier. It's in top the tier. high. It's great. Um, you know, it's up there with the Menagerie parts one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's up there with the the ones that are more more fun because they're serious versus more fun, like say when you have a salt sucking succubus or yeah. you know a drunk virus. Those those are obviously fun for different ways or ta- you know time travel. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, this was just great. I, I just was, it's a fun twist. Um, even just the fact that, even just the fact that you, you know, the, they call the, the computer into question. Like I thought that was going to mm-hmm. be a big twist, but you know, I, I never, yeah. I never really expected him to be on the ship. I just thought that was a possibility. So yeah, that caught me off guard. It was great. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I really like this episode. As dumb as it is on rewatch, I really like the elements of it, and I like how it's redone in other sci-fi things. Oh, yeah. No, this um, is now a trope. Like, even in Lost stuff, this yeah. is kind of a trope. Oh, yeah. And Questioning I also, digital evidence uh, is now sort of become the norm because of yeah. the forensic things like that. Like, that, that's how crime dramas now have to deal with you know, oh, eyewitness stuff, but also, like, was the computer hacked? Was, you know, a mm-hmm. file deleted? What goes on there? Um, my favorite thing to come out of this episode is 
the country space chicken lawyer from Futurama. Oh, that is a reference to this? I assume so. I assume so. Because everything is a reference to Star Trek in That's Futurama. And as soon as I saw Cogley again, I was like, oh my god, it's the chicken lawyer! Fuck! Fuck! Like, this guy does not have a southern accent, but in my heart he does, it's, you it's know? It's a mix of him and, and just Matlock. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Atticus T. Finch, but but a different bird. Yeah. <laughs> Atticus T. Ch- chicken. I think it's chicken. a chicken. Space chicken. I mean, it's blue, so it's also Space hard to judge from chicken. there. Yes. Um, so, yeah. that There we go. That's Space Court, Court Martial. Our next episode coming <gasps> up, Missy. Episode is the return of the archons what do you think the return of the archons uh, is going to be about Shiza, did this we is have, one of my very we favorite have archons episodes. already can you tell me have we had archons already on on here we have not had anything uh no nothing okay. has been referred to to as an archon and nothing that not, yeah, it hasn't been referred That's fine. to I just, there We've had alien species that sound similar, so I just want to sure. get that out of the way. I mean, I don't really, I can't guess. Okay, so I'm going to guess it's something where there was a lost civilization or like something that we thought we had more time to deal with and then they return. And, you know, okay. and then, then we have to deal with it. But what the threat is, I, do, I don't know. I'm really, I'm really now curious. It could be anything, but we know it's coming back. Yeah. They have to return okay. from so whatever it is. Thing and it's returning. It's coming back. Okay. Um, very nice. I'm very excited for recurrent return of the Archons. Again, it's one of my very favorite ones. Uh, and yeah. Thank you so much, Missy. Thank you, Emily. I I rest my case in that this episode <laughs> was a good episode. I rest my case and live long. And prosper. Prosper and long live. Prosper and long live. Do you want to have a quick aside that will definitely make it into the outtakes, but it's relevant for you in this exact moment? Yes. Do you want to see the tattoo I got? Yes. My first ever (gasps) tattoo. And don't worry, you should be able to know what it is, because I might have actually written it right here. The shoulder tattoo, so... Ah, the snowman! I gave you all the clues. You gave me all the clues. Yep. Oh, I love it. I fucking I love that it. I got done Saturday just before oh. Alice came in. <gasps> Amazing. Oh my gosh. Was it so much fun? You know what it was? I was a nervous like pile of anxiety before it happened because I don't like pain Mm -hmm. and I also don't like needles and a lot of things and it's permanent Mm -hmm. and I was like really against getting inked beforehand because I was like well for acting roles I don't want to like Mm -hmm. have a tattoo and prevent me from getting it but I'm like I I know what level of theater that I'm going to be doing and like no one gives a shit yeah and it's easy to cover up so yeah I'm I think I'm probably going to be getting more here soon. <laughs> like, yeah, it's going to be weird. Yay! That's very exciting.